um, yeah, my I my patterns. I, I basically started、uh, my business focusing on larger cups and wanting to have something designed specifically for kind of a busty but you know petite、um, body type. And just because there are not very many、um, you know brands that design for this, and、uh, saw that niche in the market, like you know, see if I can do something about that. Hello, welcome to Underdressed, the podcast where we talk about the clothes under our clothes and exactly how they get made. My name is Trudy Gardner. I'm the freelance designer behind Wayfinder Lingerie. In this show, I'll be exploring the art, practice, and technical execution of intimate apparel. We'll be taking a behind-the-scenes look at this industry and trying to understand exactly how designers balance creativity with functionality, specifically as it pertains to our hardworking yet delicate base layers. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the show. Hi guys! Thanks for being here. I have Lillian from Lillipad Designs on the show today, and please forgive me. I I know my audio got messed up. I'm trying to troubleshoot. I'm still new at this, so bear with me. Luckily, Lillian's audio is still good, and it's a really good conversation.、Um, I've been working with Lillian over the past year, a little bit more than that,、um, helping her with the illustrations for her patterns, and I've really enjoyed working with Lillian. I like her approach to the business where she started. From a very specific niche size set、um, that she started working with, and then and grew up from there. She's recently released her latest pattern, the Lusamine, which I did the illustrations for, and、um, in in a smaller size range than her typical range. And she is also coming out with a wireless pra, the Mamiji, which I had the op、uh, the.、Um, Pleasure of doing illustrations for as well, and it's got some really cool style lines. So I, I look forward to seeing that one get made up by all the amazing sewists out there in the world.、Um, so I won't take up any more of your time. Oh yeah, no. Before I let you go, I wanted to let you know about my upcoming guests. I'm starting to get more organized, and I'm trying to get more regular with the podcast because I'm really enjoying it, and it's going well. So I have. Larissa King, who is a dancewear designer, coming on the show.、Um, we connected through Clo3D, so、um, I look forward to talking to her. I also have Harrison from Tianhai Lace, which is a major、uh, lace manufacturer in in China that has a strong focus on people and product and environmental sustainability. And I look forward to talking to him about that company. And then I also have Lori Van Johnson,、um, who is a intimate apparel designer, and she's published a few books about intimate apparel design and and becoming and、uh, how to learn to become an intimate apparel designer. So I look forward to having her on the show.、Um, so if you have any questions that you think that I should ask. Uh, any of my future guests, please feel free to send me an email or drop me a DM in Instagram, and I'm happy to have a look at what all your questions might be.、Um, <clears throat> and I look forward to watching this podcast grow and, and the community grow with it. So thanks for being here, and I I'm gonna let you go enjoy the show now. Bye. Take care. Catch you next time. Okay. Hello, Lillian. Welcome. Hi. How are you today? Good. 
Okay, so we have Lillian from Lilypad Designs here, and uh, Lillian and I have been working together a little over a year now. Um, Lillian was one of my first clients as well, hiring me to do some sketches for her. So um, she's been super fun to work with and and learn from. And um, let's start off with, uh, can you introduce who you are and what you do with your business, Liv? Yeah, sure. Um, I am Lily of Lilypad Designs, and I am a lingerie pattern designer. Uh, and um, yeah, I started working with Trudy, what, I guess about a year ago. I was super, super excited when she was like, hey, do you need some help? Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, my I my patterns. I, I basically started uh, my business focusing on larger cups and wanting to have something designed specifically for kind of a busty but you know petite um, body type, and just because there are not very many um, you know brands that are designed for this, and uh, saw that niche in the market, I'm like you know, see if I can do something about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool. So your business is prolific. I was just poking around your website here. And I feel like you've grown so much over the past year. So you have a lot. You have patterns, you do workshops, you have kits that go along with your patterns. And you also do services. So you also have you make custom bras, or you can make custom patterns, and you do fittings as well. (laughs) It sounds like a lot when you put it like that. (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's... um... It, my, my initial goal when I started this was like, well, you know, I, I'm a teacher, you know, like uh, Monica and like Jennifer, it's like we had that teaching background and it was always the, you know, I could do something for you, I could make it for you, but I would rather teach you how to do it yourself. Um, but understanding that not everyone has the ability or the time to sew their own stuff, like, well, maybe I'll, I'll add, you know, like a, um, some a custom uh, offering. And I would restrict that to just a few clients per year because I, you know, just don't have the bandwidth to really take a ton of people within that um, category. But I'm like, you know, it's if you can't make one for you or like the stuff that is available, it doesn't kind of fit your needs. You need very large cups, a very large band, that sort of deal, then it's like, well, you know, if you can't do it, then I can do it for you. Um, So that was an initial um, uh, thought for that. And, you know, I think um, Aaron went through the same things like, do I will I continue to have time to have this type of offering? Um, time will tell. But right now, it's it's okay. We do limit it to a few times a year. But the main thing is I would like to teach people how to do it themselves. Because in the end, no one's going to be as motivated to perfect the fit as yourself. Yeah, I love that. And that's the same thing um, that like I, I come from that, like that place of wanting to know how to do things myself and this applies to like a lot of things in my life like not just uh not just bra making but the only thing the only caveat to that is that you can't do everything well right (laughs) but I feel like bra making is a good place to especially if you're like a hard to fit size is a good place to focus on doing it yourself and getting it right because you're right like nobody's gonna like even the little tweaks where um as a bra maker you might be like yeah you're good you're good to go this bra fits on an individual level it's still like when you have the knowledge on being able to how to do it yourself you can keep tweaking and keep making it like more custom to what your needs and wants are 
Right, right. So yeah, I definitely, uh... you know, it's it's funny because um, I had someone once mentioned, you know, I compared your pattern to another pattern that I had that was similar. And they, it's like, this one fits better. But they were so similar when I compared the pattern pieces, the only the curves were different. I'm like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But <laughs> you realize that boobs, you know, are basically a semi-hemisphere. And so it's those curves, even though they're off just by a little bit, a little bit that's the difference. That's yeah, the yeah. Just Getting just those curves <laughs> just right is, yeah. that's like a, it's its own battle in itself, like perfecting <laughs> those curves. Um, let's go all the way back. So you you were a teacher. And uh, so was, does, does this, your drive to make your own bras come from a uh, personal experience? Are you the, I think you are the small back, large bust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the I started this business knowing I wanted to teach. And in, in fact, I think, I built the rest of it because I needed the experience of how to fit people before I can actually teach them. And so gotcha. yeah. um, I, I went into this, got some lovely advice from um, m- much more experienced bra makers who have been doing this for 20, 30 years. And um, they basically just said, get as much fitting experience as you can under, under your belt. And that was, that was probably one of the best advice um, that I was given. Uh, and so I went, do, I went about doing that kind of doing like really low cost and free ones for friends and family and stuff like that, just trying to um, get that experience in. Because in the end, I knew I wanted to teach. So th- that has, that, that's in my, my business plan. <laughs> that I wanted to teach and everything else just kind of came along with it. Um, but the I did teach in the classroom um, as a math teacher for a number of years. And I do enjoy kind of working with people and students. Um, and I wanted to, it, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I had such uh, kind of an interesting experience and such the epiphany when I was going through my own bra fittings and finding a bra that fits and oh my gosh, it doesn't have to hurt and oh my gosh, it doesn't have to do all of these things. Uh, And I was kind of amazed, like, oh my gosh, everybody should go through this. And then, you know, I read a little bit about the history and especially back in the corset days, everything was custom. Right. And so you did have this experience where someone's like, let me measure you. Let me make something specific to your size. And then it was a big to do. And obviously, we've moved away from that with the whole retail sector. But, you know, kind of going back to that a little bit, it's like, okay, let's measure you. Let's get the custom made. It's, um, I always equate custom bra making similar to uh, getting a custom wedding dress or a custom suit made where you have to go in multiple times and they fit you and they make little tweaks that doesn't feel like a lot, but they make a big difference when it's on the body. Uh, And it's, I don't know, I really like the experience of having, you know, the custom dress made or the custom bra made just because you feel I don't like a princess, like someone like really high end, high to do, and you know, <laughs> catering towards you. Say, oh, wait, 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 please turn. Let me measure this. Um, it's kind of a fun experience. I feel like someone should experience at least once in their life. I know, right? Like when you when you really think about it, ready to wear for bras, especially underwire bras, is kind of an insane concept. <laughs> like, how can we find like like there's like a certain I feel like the popu- the percentage of the population, particularly in like the small back, large bust um, population, to 
to get to corral them all into like this like category of sizes that will fit like most of them. <laughs> I yeah. feel like it's but it works. I mean, the the, the industry is making a lot of money, so there's there's something that works about it. It's um it's particularly interesting if you consider the differences between countries, right? So in the UK, you can walk into a department store and pick up like a 32G easily. Uh, and which is kind of a mind blowing concept in the US because you can't go into Target or Walmart and, and just kind of pick up anything beyond a D cup. Um, yeah, that sounds like an insane size, like 32G. But like, yeah, it's a lot more common, I think, than the industry gives it credit for. Right. But at the same time, kind of understanding that they are playing basically with numbers, like we're going with averages and like who, which population has the largest number of people within what sizes. And that's what they cater to because it is ready to wear, it is mass production and they need to sell a large number of things. So that's kind of understandable. But at the same time, what about the rest of us that don't fit into that category? I mean, let's just say that they make their standard, what, like 30 to 40 A through D cup, and that covers 60% of the population, which is, you know, majority of the population. But that means 40% of us, and, and again, these are just random numbers, are not like, there's nothing for us. Like, what do we do? Like, well, I just yeah. walk around naked? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly your options get super limited yeah so it's super cool I love the um home sewing industry and like what we've done with the the like information that we make available you in particular you're one of the main players I would say in sharing information and like in make in making that knowledge available um can we go back to where you started how did you learn how did you where did you start oh right um so the being because of the te because of my teaching background, my first instinct is like, okay, can I let's let's get some books. So I got some books, and then I'm like, well, the books didn't really cover what I wanted. <laughs> I covered the basics, you know, standard kind of A through D sizing. I'm like, well, but that's not what I want. That's not my target audience, and I really wanted something that was more catered for the larger cups. And I'm like, the a lot of the resources available are like, okay, this is the standard stuff. I'm like. But I'm looking for stuff that's not standard. And it was hard, Trudy. It was so hard to yeah, find anything like, that was, um, specific to large cup, or plus sizing, we call it. Um, and I was super lucky. I was able to find one professor in another country that offered an online course that was a little bit more um, robust. Um, but I was nervous because it is an online course. And this is uh, a gentleman who um, did teach at the university specifically for um, contour design. That's what we call lingerie uh, designing. And, um, but he had retired from teaching at the university and now consults with the major brands. And so his courses are geared towards industry professionals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not even geared for someone like me. And so I emailed him like, you know, this is my background and I'm familiar with the, um, the programs that you're using, but I don't know if I'm quite the right audience for this. Will I be able to, to do this? And he's like, yes, absolutely. You have the, the tools needed um, and the skill set needed to take this course. And so I did. I will say this uh, gentleman, the very first assignment I turned in, his first comment was, oh, you're... Uh, <laughs> This is pretty good. Like you've got an, you, this is kind of like 
kind of a, a natural thing for you. I'm like, oh, oh, just, you know, that one liner of, you know, for, coming from someone uh, professional who has, what, like 40, 50 years in the industry, um, I was just amazed. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe I can do this. You know, just just a little compliment, you know? <laughs> Um, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, are you? Do you want to share that um, who that person is or what their school he is? He passed away recently. Oh, just a few months ago. Yeah. And so, um, from what I understand, there's you know we, we've tried emailing and there's I don't it doesn't sound like it's continuing. So I'm quite unfortunate. Yeah, that's really disappointing. I got into this in the last episode. I don't know if you listened to it yet. You should listen to it. <laughs> I attack the collective. I, you've, 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 you're in the collective and you've yeah, um, yeah. been to a few of our meetings, but we talked about how that knowledge of like this older generation is like stuck with them yeah. <laughs> and it's very hard to access and it's very hard. Like they're not all passing it down. So um, that's just, it was just a topic that I thought was really interesting. That's, that's my goal is to unlock this knowledge and like try to make sure that it carries forward. Oh, absolutely. Actually, he said something to that effect as well. He started working in the industry at 18 and he was saying, you know, that the knowledge that the pattern makers had when he was 18 versus now, especially for the wireless, there's such a um, such a difference. Like there's so much knowledge lost just within his lifetime. I'm like, oh. My gosh, it's it's almost devastating to hear, especially from like a you know, brown maker designer perspective. I'm like, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, we learn as we go too, right? And there's right. like new new knowledge that's right. built and yeah. new techniques and new ideas. So um, I guess it's life cycle, right? Just right, life, right. like yeah, things die and, and things grow. Um, and th- another subject, as you were talking, is that came to mind was not being afraid. Like there's so many people that are just afraid to learn something new or try something new. Nicholas said it to me in the last episode as well. Like when I first joined the the collective, she, I don't remember saying it, but she said, I, I said to her that, I didn't feel like I belonged there. And it's true. It was, it was a professional industry. And I'm like, I do, I do illustration guys. Can I hang out with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I've been learning, right? Like my my whole objective is to be learning. But, um, you know, so just I, I, I love that you share that story. Like take that step, be brave, do something that's uncomfortable, even if it's not a place that you fit. Because you could surprise yourself, right, on, on what you're capable yes. of. Absolutely. And Trudy, you absolutely belong. Just even working with you for professional <laughs> capacity, like because you have both the illustration experience and the sewing experience in the back in your background that you're able to anticipate. And I said this in your my review for you, but it's like you were able to <laughs> anticipate. Okay, hey, you're missing a step here. They're going to need clarification on X, Y, Z, and that just comes from your. Um, you know, background and knowledge. So absolutely, you belong here. Not to mention, I'm only in the collective because of you, right? I I have known about it, if not for you. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. I love the connection. I love like I'm, I'm like, I've been big. I'm not doing it intentionally, but like I'm big on this connection between like the home sewing industry and, and the industry industry. Cause it's the same knowledge. We're all trying to figure out the same stuff. Right. Like yes, yes. I think that we can all like the shared knowledge makes it all the whole thing better. Like right. this just, I, I can never articulate that properly. But, like <laughs> I just feel like it all, like we're just, when, when, 
when the foundational community is in a place of sharing and knowledge, we're all like the end product is a better product. So, okay. So you learned uh, how to do it with this gentleman who's unfortunately passed away. So, so the knowledge is on to you now for, for you to pass it on, which is beautiful. But um, so, so what was the next step? Okay. So you learned and then what did you do? The, well, the next bit was, you know, chatting with um, basically more experienced bra makers who basically you need to gain experience, especially to do what you want to do, which is in the end is to teach people. You need to be able to fit them before you can teach them. Like, okay, fair enough. Absolutely. So, you know, I went and kind of started making bras for people and started fitting people online and doing all these things, trying to gather as much information as I could. Um, And it it kind of went from there. And being kind of the curious sort that I have, I initially, you know, I think like a lot of other people, we just followed the rules set forth by people who wrote the books or the professors who taught you. And as I gained more experience and gained more confidence, I started questioning certain things. Why do we do things uh, this way? You know, why do we do this? What is this line for? And poor Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo Bella, I think, has um, fielded much of my questions (laughs) about this because she also has, you know, the teaching background, but she has more science and the math. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what she says. (laughs) Um, And kind of curious. And in our chats, I've also discovered we had very uh, different ways of gathering our knowledge. Um, she has been uh, uh, surrounded by bra makers and her mom, you know, uh, designed patterns and sewed and into all those things. Um, and she was told, I think, by a young age with the professionals, I believe within the industry to basically, you know what, don't read the books, figure it out on your own. Right. Especially, say, the grading portion. I think that's one that's kind of a, a little bit. Di- kind of more difficult for a lot of uh, us designers is just, well, how do I grade this to multiple sizes? And one of the advice that she had gotten, I believe it was something along the lines of, no, don't um, forget about what other people say, discover it yourself. And so she did. She went and she measured and she made a ton of bras and she kind of did the largest size and the smallest size and kind of figured out everything in between. And I was like, that is amazing to me, <laughs> just to start from scratch. I mean, we talk about um, kind of being scared to take that first step. I don't know if I would have had the fortitude <laughs> to 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 push forth um, if I had been given that advice from the very beginning. It's, you don't need books. It's okay. Just just figure it out on your own. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just what? Um, I want the opposite route of I gathered as many books and resources, you know, as possible. So people, internet and physical stuff, PDFs, whatever, as possible. And I kind of tried them all out and I kind of uh, gathered bits and pieces to make um, it of my own and figure out what worked for me. Uh, that has been my philosophy within teaching as well. And so just kind of uh, did the same thing. So I wouldn't say that I have a specific method, more of a mishmash of a lot of different methods. And I just kind of pick and choose what suited me or what seemed to work with my clientele the best. Yeah, that seems to be a pretty common story. Like, and and my story as well. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, like, I started with making a bra for myself and trying to figure out how to do it. And you, you're following all the blog posts, all the tutorials, like everything you could find. And then eventually you're like, I'm just going to try this. <laughs> like, 
I'm just going to try this and this. And sometimes it's like a massive fail. Like, okay, that didn't work. Right. Step in 3D design. We'll get to that in yes. a second. But um, before I get to that, I wanted to talk about your... So you started, it sounds like you started with the intention of always making this a business because you noticed that there was a gap in the market or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it very um, It's, um, let me think, what did I, yeah, no, that, that, that was always my intention because after I, you know, I started like, I think like so many others did, you, you start with the retail bras. I'm like, oh, if I just change this one thing or maybe two things, it'll fit better. And that one or two things grew onto a long list. And eventually I was buying new bras to take apart and alter to fit me. And it was just, this is kind of ridiculous. I am spending money on a new garment to take it apart and redo it to fit me. Like, why don't I just make one from scratch? At that point, I had 20 years of sewing experience. I'm like, you know, I just never, you know, thought about making bras before. I think a lot of people have this thought of it is very difficult. It's, you know, what are all of these um, psychological barriers that may or may not actually line up to the uh, actuality of sewing lingerie. Um, but it was just, no, let, let me let me just, just just make it out from scratch. But as I got more into it, I'm like, I really want other people to have this experience, this epiphany of the boobs not sitting on the stomach and to have it <laughs> where they are and not underneath their armpit. Because, you know, another thing for those of us with small frames, it's like, let's just say the, the cup size is correct. A lot of times they're kind of like squished out because the wires are too large for our frame, even though the band size is the correct. And so you've got boobs underneath your arm like, okay, this is a little bit weird, especially if you're trying to exercise. <laughs> <laughs> like hitting your boobs every single time you're trying to row or swing your arms around um yeah yeah that's what ruby ruhi from ruby's bras was saying like we, we talked about that too the grading like there's something about the industry and they decided that the wire like the wire grading is just insane like especially um for like us like the the small frame large bust clientele like it's when you for, for whatever reason, like most of the time when you get into like a 32G and higher, the wire just gets too wide. There's just something. And I'm sure there's like a certain portion of the population that that fits perfectly, like when when bras are graded out that way. But um, I'm not one. of <laughs> So I had to learn. But I, I think that you learned this as well on your own. So I would love to come back around to grading and how you came up with your body standards that you graded for. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, it's a big topic. It's a big know, one. Uh, we do a whole talk. We might leave that for a whole yeah, podcast. Like, this, this might take a whole hour in itself. But uh, <laughs> the, okay, I don't remember where it was. Like I said, I, you know, I follow a couple of different resources and I know, I can't remember who it was. I followed it. It might have been Lori um, uh, from Banjo. But they were basically saying somebody was saying oh, because Lori Van Johnson does small frame large bus like that was her original right, right. and um, she worked yeah. within the retail industry designing for um, some of the big designers uh, for a while before going out on her own um, but I think she was the one but basically that a lot people who grade lingerie patterns or specifically bra pens within the industry hold their grading rules very close to the chest like mm. we do not tell anyone about it and um, I believe it was her or her blog or someone that, that basically said uh, you kind of your the grading is different 
for every brand. And like, you can't really apply like one set of rules for it. I mean, I did initially start with, okay, this is a great rules for this particular brand. And I'm going to start with that. And I have since deviated from that as well, mm. because it's, although that particular brand um, size set is very similar to my clientele, it still wasn't exactly what I needed. And so I ended up changing those grade rules a little bit. And so like, I now have a mishmash of a couple different grading rules. Sure. Yeah, again. It's Exactly. That seems to be the natural evolution of, of most right. like custom bra makers. Right. Um, and so it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. It, I, okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you pick apart bras to come up with your initial like grade rules? No, because I hate uh, unpicking bras. So I would rather make new <laughs> ones. So I just made a lot of bras. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I make, I made a lot of bras and I'm very fortunate to have a very lovely group of pattern testers who are extremely patient <laughs> with me. And um, actually it's because of my pattern testers that I did launch the double G to double K size sets. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but if there was little information on the G at uh, the, the, the D to G range, there was zero information on the next group, which was the G to K range. And mm. I was uh, so nervous to kind of go anywhere in it because I had no grade rules, no instructions, <laughs> nothing. I can't even not even one source of information to kind of start wow. off with. Um, yeah. So yes, a lot of that was just, you know, people like Helena and Katie and, you know, my whole group there just, okay, Lily, our boob shape is more like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so teaching me on what it is because, you know, I don't have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um so yeah, that, that's great. That so, how did you find your um, your people? Was it like just generally like through the Facebook groups and the, the you know putting out your own like requests? Yeah, um, you know I don't know how common this is, but I started my business through Facebook. It was just the oddest thing ever. Um, the I didn't I never started kind of the Facebook business thing per se, but you know I included like links to my Etsy site when I first started, and I had like three products to sell. Um, and from there it, it grew and it were was, those kits or patterns at the time. No, nothing. It was literally bra foam. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, think I had elastic and bra foam and that was like oh my, my entire gosh, store. No patterns, <laughs> nothing else. And, um, I was working on the pattern by the time I started the store, but I was thinking, you know, I have some supplies that I'm using in order to kind of make the patterns and, and, and test them and whatnot. And I'm like, well, I need to, because I'm going through a lot of this, I'm going to have to buy it wholesale. What if I, you know, just sold some of the stuff I have kind of offshoot? It also had the double um, uh, bonus of giving me some reviews on Etsy. So when I do launch my patterns, I'm not starting with zero reviews. I'm like, okay, so it's kind of a win-win. And many thanks to some of my clients who have been with me since back then buying something from some a uh, store with zero reviews. <laughs> 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 but um, 
it's also within that same Facebook group where, you know, I would um, try something that I had drafted. And be like, oh, that's cute. You should make it a pattern. And I'm like, mm. oh, that wasn't my intention. But let me think about that. And mm. because of, you know, like the couple of people who said, hey, you should make that a pattern. And I would totally buy that from you. I went and decided, oh, my gosh, I need to learn how to draft <laughs> and how to break <laughs> this up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so very much kind of rooted within kind of the Facebook community. Mm. And I know that is for some people, especially I think uh, our international clients, like, you know, they're not big on Facebook. Like, Hannah, how can I avoid this as much as, po- as possible? Um, and for a myriad of reasons, and it, I absolutely understand them. But, you know, kind of looking at, okay, trying to find an alternative to that kind of community where there is enough uh, activity and people to go there it, it there isn't exactly kind of a, a great alternative to that because uh, so much of the you know the people in the community is baked into the app and software itself mm. yeah and it's old now too like it's been around for a while so if you have a established Facebook community it's hard to like bring that anywhere else now. Like you kind of right. got to keep it in Facebook. Yeah, I mean, just some some of these um, bra making groups, we have over twenty thousand members. Yeah, Where are you going to find something equivalent to that? You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I really love that you started. You started with like a small size set, and you focused on making that really good. You really got to break it out. Like if if you're going to do that, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think it's what you do. You will make a new pattern for the different ranges, right? Like you'll, you'll, yeah. yeah, And then you'll grade that up and down a few sizes, but just when, when you expect a pattern, like it's a lot of work to take one pattern. And if you want to translate into a smaller or like a much larger size, you basically have to make a new pattern. So it's, it's a lot of work. Right. And you have to have a clientele that's going to be able to meet that it's the same thing even with like retail, like you have to have enough of a market to be able to support the cost. Right. So that, that's another reason why I was very uh, uh, scared to um, kind of do the larger site because I wasn't sure, is there going to be enough a market uh, for me to spend the time and effort to um, grade up to this size set? Um, and the first pattern that first year... Ooh, it was, it was, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just resigned to the fact that this is a labor of love. Like, I'm not going to make money on this size set because the volume isn't there to support it like it is with other, um, the other size sets. But I knew that going in, it was a test. I wasn't sure. But as, um, you know, the years have passed and I have added more patterns within that range, I guess I, I'm finding that there are more people there. So part of it is knowing that uh, there are some uh, companies who do cater to this size set and then getting the clientele to your website. Uh, so it's getting there. But again, it's still not, you know, doesn't have the same kind of volume as, you know, the standard A through D sizes and whatnot. But in the, but I kind of knew that going in. It's just, it's, yeah. You know, this is my market. This is the one I wanted, you know, the large bust small band group to finally feel like, hey, there's something that was designed for me. And it wasn't just simply graded up, right? It graded, was designed yeah, exactly. for me first. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, let's go even larger. And then everyone else who was like A through D is like, okay, hold on, hold on. 
what about yeah, they're this? cute patterns yeah they're <laughs> right. cute these cute i don't want to wear right, them yeah. right. and it's yeah. it i i get it from their perspective like the the core uh so what we call the core size group, the A through D range, or A through double D. It's, these are the people who are usually able to go into stores and buy stuff that fits them. I'm like, oh, you lucky people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they're like, and they're accustomed to like, wait, what do, what do you mean you don't sell smaller sizes? Well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Um, the initial goal was to kind of provide something for people who have been historically kind of ignored more or less. Um, and then because of the success of the sizes, um, I am adding smaller size sets. So much like how Kashmira is doing, you know, they are mm-hmm. known for uh, the larger curvier group, but now they are adding the standard kind of zero to 14 size as well. I'm like, okay, you know what? If Kashmira can do it, so can I. Yeah, yeah. There's a market for it for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I could see that being like um, the challenge once you so you created this product that caters to the specific market but the market's small so it's a matter of finding them and right. that can just take time i suppose right. especially in in diy bra making like it's already a pretty small community i think and then yeah and there's also the fact i don't advertise <laughs> at all yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like it's all word of mouth all, sort of underground of, i know i call yeah. it the underground <laughs> my husband laughed at me i call it like the underground community <laughs> yeah it's not like it works and we like each other <laughs> and it's like yeah you know there's no i talk about it all in the other one the other podcast i did like you don't really feel the sense of competition or like the any kind of antagonism between us like we're all just in it to kind of it's just a nice community it is it is and i want to say it's probably quite different than a lot of other communities uh not just within like sewing or crafting but any type of you know because in essence i am a i create digital products right so it the it, within like the law category, we fall in the same thing as MP3s and movies and all of that stuff. But if you think about those type of creators, like this is a very, very different type of community, right? Um, but it, it's fun and it's so much fun. Um, yeah. So responsive. And, and fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do feel like uh, these people that I have never met, but I know their name. Right. And like, oh, yes, I, I know you. I remember you. You did X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And OK, if you're working on this pattern, you might want to try blah, blah. And just be the fact that I'm able to do that. <laughs> uh, just like, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, yeah. Or, you know, their boobs, like, you know, what their boobs look like. You've I never have, seen I them. Have a like, general yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, especially if they're um a little bit more uh, prolific in their posts or questions and stuff like that because you see the name more often you kind of start thinking okay well this person has this general shape and this person has this general shape uh and i sometimes i can't quite conjure up the exact image in my head but i at the very least know like we're thinking large end or it's more petite size you know in terms of the boobs and then what that may entail right Hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. There's so many things that have popped <laughs> into my head. Okay. So so one thing I wanted to talk about was like you said you you kind of bootstrapped your learning. Like you took the information that was available out there and then you just started doing it. And you were like, okay, this is what I think I need to do. Was it like 
So like somebody would try on a bra and you would like pinch out an area here or like cut open an area here and decide like, okay, let's, let's try and apply those changes to patterns. Right. So that's how I Was it that manual? Um, That's how I started the, uh, but mostly pinching out and rather than cutting. Cause I, I know that that is the kind of preferred method, but with bra fitting being so exact that I've just kind of come to the conclusion, like, let's start with something a little bit bigger. If you if it doesn't fit perfectly, let's go with a little bit bigger because pinching out is a lot more, I think, accessible. And I think that makes more sense to a lot of people uh, than having to add, especially because bras are under tension, right? So unlike, uh, say, draping a dress where it just kind of hangs there nicely, if you cut the neckline of a bra, like then you are missing that tension and the that, support that, aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And then like that kind of shifts things around. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's really helpful anymore mm-hmm. versus, you know, if you're starting out too big, okay, well, okay, this, we need to add a dart here because it's too long. You go ahead, just do a run it through your machine real quick, you can put it back on and you still have Mm -hmm, that tension mm -hmm. maintained and you still have an idea. Is it the prettiest looking bra? No, it's probably hideous. However, you know, you get a better sense of, okay, well, maybe I need to shift some stuff around. My goal um, with my patterns and my, I would say kind of a little bit more unique um, sizing system is that I wanted people to start off with a size that is much, much closer to um, if not the exact size that they need. And so the only thing that they would have to do is maybe move the volume around so it fits that their body, but not- That's been true all. for me right? with your patterns. Right, to, yeah. like I, I, it was so disheartening. My heart breaks when people <laughs> make a bra and it's too small for them because now mm-hmm. they cannot do anything. Right. You can't add to it. You can't do whatever. It's a wild guess at that point. Right. Like, and then, yeah. well, how much bigger do I need to go? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, versus if it's too uh, too large. OK, well, let me pinch it in. Let me take it. I can take it to the machine and add darts or actually just make the seam allowance larger, which is what some people do, and then mm-hmm. kind of get it more approximate to the right size. The hope is just, look, let's get you to the right volume. And all you have to do is kind of finesse where the volume is, right? Because our breasts come in different shapes. Some of us have very kind of perfect hemisphere um, boobs, and some of us have a lot more inner fullness, and they make cleavage just standing with no bras on, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just just standing there. They have cleavage. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, But fitting-wise, that makes things more challenging for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, exactly. That's and that's like I said uh, a second ago. That's been my experience with your, with your patterns. The volumes, right? I just have to shift things around a little bit to accommodate my shape, which is like again, like I always go back to it. Like, how does ready to wear fit anyone? Because everybody, like everybody's boobs are shaped different, right? Even if it's the same volume, it's the appropriate volume. Like, um, there's like one, and this is after like tons of research. There's one brand right now that I found that like I can buy their ready to wear size, which will fit me. Right? Like, it's crazy. I know. But, you know, much of that has to do with our group of sewists. You have to remember that we are a self-selecting group. 
like the people who decide to sew their own garments are usually that percentage of people who cannot find stuff that fits them in、mm-hmm. ready-to-wear stores. Okay, so automatically. They're not going to be a standard size, right? They're not going to be like the stand A through D. And we are here, and we're making our own stuff because things don't fit them correctly.、And、so、mm-hmm. our percentage of people who are, say, more projected or need、um, the cups to be closer set and that sort of deal, or a large bust and small band, is a lot higher than the general population. So that's something to keep in yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's true. Um, let's talk about your business journey. So、uh, you're an entrepreneur, like a lot of like a lot of other people that I've talked to on this podcast. So I and myself as well. I'm interested in, to hear、uh, how did it grow? How did you? What have been your challenges? What have been your successes? What's motivated you?、Um, so I, it, it's kind of interesting, just because、um, I started.、Uh, I guess I just jump into things. Like if I'm relatively like I have a general path kind of laid out in my mind, I kind of just go and do it. <laughs> I don't I don't have been hot too much. I'm like if I I feel like I can reasonably do it, then a lot of times I, I can relate. Right, I can relate、know? to that. <laughs> and, and so I know that sounds. Like really amazing and complete opposite of some people. I, I remember one of my college friends was like, "Whoa, you 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 just do it." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But th- this is one of those things in my life where I felt like everything in my life kind of has led me here.、Um, mm. So I have an undergrad degree in business, and right after、okay. graduation, I was like, "Oh, let me use what I learned." And I started an online business selling jewelry. I would make it myself and take the did the photographs and I put it online. And I made no sales because I didn't do any advertising, but I wanted、yeah. the experience of going through、It's、it. The experience、right. is so valuable. Yeah,、right. I would say that to anybody. Anybody like you want to start a business if you're interested in entrepreneurship, just Do something. Just start taking the steps, and then you'll see if you'll even like that journey or、right. not. Yeah, and it's like because you know you had to do everything, everything from、uh, what you call it, getting the business license to taking the、yeah. photos and putting the website, writing descriptions, and then calculating your costs and your time yeah, and all、yeah. this thing. By the time I landed on this, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I've done that. Okay. <laughs> Let me okay. contact,、cool. you know, whatever, and then just do my thing. But、yeah. um, you know, I did write a business plan for this. Like, I was very、mm-hmm. clear in what my goals were. Heck, I think I have a mission statement somewhere <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> I was like, cool. I think my business teachers would have been proud.、Um, but <laughs> it's much of this has to how I've grown is、um, has to do with what I, what. You know, my initial goals was, which was wa-、uh, me wanting to teach. Like, I never really wanted to be like a huge supplier, and so I don't have a lot of stock in、um, stuff that I sell. It, most of what I have is more for convenience. That's more conducive to learning. I was more focused on let's do some patterns or let's do some courses, and so that's where I think most of my growth is going.、Um, But、uh, some of this is finding people like you,、uh, finding people who have this passion in bra making, which is amazing, and then having a very different skill set that、um, that I needed. Oops, sorry, that I needed. But you are much better at doing. <laughs>、um, and so I was fortunate to、uh, ha- um, come across you and you know some other people that have been able to help my business grow. And big shout out to Jennifer from Porcelain. I mean, just 
and and Monica and so many Ruhi, like, you know, we're all like on a first name basis and kind of we bump ideas off of each other and we encourage each other and just this kind of community where I get support from other businesses and my customers. I mean, how... I kind of feel like, how do you not grow, right? How do you not want to tend to, you know, um, help this community? Yeah, yeah. Um, On that note, your team, what, what does your team look like now? Or do you have a team? <laughs> like, I know, I know I'm a part of your team, but like, yeah. Um, right. So I have, I have a marketing person, hey, Mel. Um, yeah. I have you, obviously, and I have a part-timer who helps me kind of fulfill the product so I can spend more of my time developing. So you did say that you see more stuff going on. This is why, because I, am, yeah, I yeah. have people. This is what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, know, you have to, like, you, you said it already, like, um, and I started because originally I was like, maybe I'm going to drop, maybe I'm going to like make a pattern and release it. I was like, okay, I need to learn Illustrator. And I learned Illustrator. <laughs> it took me like a year to like, of like working in Illustrator a lot. And I was like, wow, this skill is not easy to do really well. <laughs> so like people must need help doing this. And and so that's where I started. But in, in everything, like we're not, we're not in the world alone in a vacuum. Like we to do anything really well um i mean it can be cost prohibit prohibitive and it can be like logistically prohibitive to have a large team of people that can help you but um i feel like to be able to access that skill sets that go deeper than than what you just like can do on your own i feel like that's where real growth can happen for your business right the you know one of the things I learned about uh, from one of my old bosses in a completely different industry is um, it, there are a lot of things that we can do myself. Can I work with Illustrator? Do the illustrations myself? Yes. You know, can I do yeah. marketing myself? Yes. However, someone else who is a professional with that can probably do it. Number one, better, <laughs> and number two, probably faster than I can. More efficiently, right? Yeah. More efficiently. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. Like yeah. you said, it took you a little bit time to kind of uh, get used to um, Illustrator to work at a point that you would like to be. You know, obviously, it took me that time too. Except now, I'm juggling a lot of other stuff, like running exactly. a business yeah. while trying to do yeah. this. Um, which yeah. you know, I feel like we sh- we should mention our three D journey. <laughs> yes I want to get to that but just before I get to that I wanted to talk about juggling so you because you have kids I can hear them in the background how many do you have (laughs) Um, yes the uh I have children I I have three boys and those of us who uh and they're young too right how old are they uh, I my oldest just turned 10 the other day Uh, and then I have a seven-year-old and then I have my three-year-old so, yeah, so busy, 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 but it's it, it's always fun and it's always challenging. Um, but having that third child during the pandemic, <laughs> and after I started <laughs> launching all this, I think it, um, you know, had going through pregnancy and kind of seeing some of those challenges. Like, okay, now we need like lingerie for this and. Um, Oh, and, oh my gosh, just the physical changes, you know, mm-hmm. things that I haven't experienced before, but I've heard other p- people complain about like the rashes underneath the boobs and skin sensitivities and all that. Suddenly during pregnancy, I had all of them like, oh, 
<laughs> you guys were talking about. Hold on, let me yeah. see what I can do. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, what can I do to try to address this? So even though it can be challenging, sometimes it can be a source of inspiration of uh, even before they're even born. Like, okay. here are the problems. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> These are problems that need to be solved. Right. Um, yeah. No, it it is fun. Um, but I would say the challenge, obviously, is kind of the work-life balance of mm. Like I have, I now have a separate space for my studio stuff, but it is small and very, very full of product right now. Uh, but so I do some of like these um, videos within like the same space as all the other rest of the family. And you do hear a little bit of background, but this, I cannot imagine um, many jobs and many industries where I am ha- able to have this kind of work-life balance. It is amazing. And you I know, love it. I'm, yeah. I'm sure some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm the boss. I'm essentially, I make my own hours. But at the same time, you know, I try to work with people who are moms like yourself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and who need a little bit more flexible um, space. Actually, the other people that I work with are also they're all moms and they're yeah. um, you know so I get it you know just as a boss um, who's trying to you know you're trying to do your best kind of raising the kids but you also need income coming in but being able to do something like this if it's something that you're passionate about oh my gosh mm-hmm. dream yeah yeah um, but but how do you do how do you do it like um, I have a son too right and yeah like I it's pretty limited like the amount of time that I have for work and then like work is I we're lucky I I think it sounds like you feel the same way but work is also play for me so it's I found that um after I had him I was going to be a stay-at-home mom when I left the military and then um I found that I needed work like I needed it in my like I needed it's like and um, I first, it, I started sewing as a hobby and then I loved it and I started turning it into a business and, but that biz, like developing the business was also satisfying just this, like the thing that I needed to do for myself. Like I like problem solving and I like, you know, like making things that right, right. have a purpose, um, so but <laughs> but yeah like I find the time like I you do a lot <laughs> like there's a lot um whenever I'm working with you I'm like how is she like you work very quickly like you're you're able to churn out a lot of like information quickly like do you have uh well, tell tell me what your magic is let me think about that <laughs> I work a lot of late hours um Mm. Well, not, not, I try not to do that anymore. Um, but as with kids, how do you do it with kids? Like it's so with, it's, I work, they already did that. You sleep enough. <laughs> so this, this, this may have been like a carryover from my second business. So at the very beginning, when I was doing it, you know, starting Lily Pad Designs, I was still making macarons, like French macarons, baking stuff and shipping it out to <laughs> people. <crazy. laughs> um, and I strictly did that after the kids went to bed so I was up yeah at like midnight you know oh my god I like couldn't I can't even still I'm like I protect my like 9 p.m to like 7 a.m as much as possible I'm I'm also but maybe you don't need as much sleep are you one of those people who don't need as much sleep no I I, I need my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am lucky that when my kids were young until they started school they more or less slept my hours 
So okay, they get you have that, sleepers. You know, they have, you know, they go to sleep late, but they sleep in late too. Ah, so that's a big I difference. Got, My guy was waking up at like five o'clock. Oh no, morning. no heavens, no, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they go to bed late. You know, like ten, sometimes eleven, especially when they were toddlers. Yeah. But they slept till eight or nine in the morning. So you know, I, I was yeah. like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they still napped during the day, so I had a little bit of time there as well. Um, but yeah, some of that was definitely carryover from being able to do that. Again, I try not to do that anymore. Just as I've hit uh, older age, as I'm as I'm nearing um, <laughs> menopausal or peri, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. the term is now, the stuff, the stuff yeah, that, that starts off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't do those hours anymore. So I really try mm. not to. Um, but every once in a while, especially you know how it is when you're in a groove. When you're in a groove, yeah, a groove. You, just, you just don't want to stop. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I'm up till two or three in the morning. And my husband, you're motivated. To to bed. Yeah. I'm like, but hold yeah. on, hold on. I'm so close. Let me, just let me. Yeah. 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 I get that for sure. Yeah. That happens to me. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I try not to do that too much anymore. But um, yeah, it's, I don't, I, I get a lot of help. You know, I get, I have, um, like I said, like I have some wonderful pattern testers and so they give me a lot of good feedback. But I think, I don't know what it is, but I know Monica has this too. Like we're able to envision um, the, the, like the boobs and the body in our heads and we can rotate our patterns around. Mm-hmm. And, and so we do that. And so it, it was really funny because we were talking to each other. She's like, wait, wait, can you see that? I'm like, yeah, 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 I can see it. So we have it in our head and we rotate it around and we go, because what would happen if we make this change? And so we do it in our head first and we think about it and, mm-hmm. and then we try it. Um, but I do work a lot with paper. And I know that's um, what you call it. I, I feel like it's not talked about very often um, the, where you will design the pattern, you'll make your changes, and I would print it out and tape it together to make to see how it looks like in paper. I don't bother sewing it up every single time because sometimes your shape is completely wrong and whatnot. And there's a, definitely a lot of I'm holding that paper to my body or the mannequin <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, this looks right or this doesn't look right, that sort of deal. But I do work a lot with paper. Um, literally, I will have a stack of cups and I'll have to number them, you know, okay, which one was this? Because <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Um, and all of this happens before I sew anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, perfect transition, I think, <laughs> right into 3D design. Um, yeah. We kind of started like we once there was an email exchange and you were like, I started learning this 3D software. And I was like, me too. I started learning that 3D software. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing with it? I'm like, what am I doing with it? I'm like, it sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know how to use it. And then now, like a year later, I'm like, this thing, this is the most amazing thing ever. Because um, you can do. So when I first started working with 3D, full disclosure, I was like, this software is not good enough to be used for fitting or like maybe some basic pattern drafting. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, now I've changed my tune. Like, I think it's excellent. It's Clow 3D. I, uh, I think you might work with browseware now. Yeah. You definitely have some experience in Clothe 3D. Yeah. Um, it is excellent for pattern drafting. And especially like even, especially once you know what you're doing, once you get experience and you have a lot of experience in actually fitting a body, it's the same thing. Like it's still, it's still a hard body. So it's not like fitting on a person. Like right. it, it still only gets you so far, right. but it gets you definitely as far as paper cups get you. 
the okay first of all i want to say that we may have started in clothes 3d like similar level and you just quickly very very quickly just shot straight up i'm like uh, i guess yeah, i guess you go difference. ahead trudy go ahead uh, let me know <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing i'm asking you like where you spend all your time it's because i spend all my time in clothes 3d yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, like, yeah yeah uh-huh yeah so all that stuff you're doing in clothes i'm doing elsewhere <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're, you're building your business yeah okay um, no but it it was just funny it's like yeah we started at the same place and then within two months i kid you not it, <laughs> i'm like oh yeah I, i'm not catching up could you go ahead trudy um i'll i'll, I'll, I'll just hire you to do this for me <laughs> um yeah, yeah but um the so I work with Browseware now on recommendation of another designer. She was like, okay, so, because I was curious, I'm like, what's the difference? And um, she had been working with Browseware for something like eight years. And then she's like, you know, it's better for fitting. And that's what got me. Mm -hmm. that's Leisha from Stitch Lab Studio and I reached out to her and we had a good conversation I'll tell you about it after (laughs) okay but you know because she said that and she's like you know if you have questions ask me I'm like ooh, okay okay so now I have someone to ask if I get too lost in the program that sort of deal and um just you know her working in a a professional capacity with that I'm like okay well maybe maybe I'll try it and she did point out that you know there was um you know um kind of a a trial period that you can do for a limited time um, as a, oh gosh, what was it called again? But the, the indie program. Yeah, the indie program, right. So I'm in the indie programs and I was able to try it for free. And I was like, okay, well, let, let's kind of see. And I just kind of stuck with it, mostly because of their videos. Just for, um, I mm-hmm. think it ramped me up much, much faster because the videos mm-hmm. and the educational aspect of it was much more robust. And I was able mm-hmm. to kind of go through and kind of, um, I, I think ramp up and use it more effectively in a shorter amount of time. And so I, I stuck with that. Um, but I, I am kind of curious what you think now, because you said that it, that you can use Clothe 3D for fitting now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, I had a really good conversation with Leisha as well. And I went through, I downloaded Browseware and I went through the indie program and I was like, okay, I see what she's saying. Like in Browseware, it'll show you it'll show you a little bit better where something's wrong. Like in close 3D, if your seam allowance is off by like an inch, it'll just like kind of make it work. <laughs> like it'll still look right in close 3D. So you have to remember to check your seam, your not your seam allowance, your um, your seam lines to make sure that they true up. But that's okay. Um, the difference is now, it's like I know, like I have a much better understanding of patterns now and how they work than I did even a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like in Chloe, you can cheat a lot. You can make patterns that don't work in real life. And if you don't know, it was even like the same thing that was um, happened to me like when I was actually making patterns on paper like I'd make changes I'd be like I don't know if this is the right change or if it's what's supposed to work or not mm-hmm. and um so I'd be doing that in close 3D and be like I don't know if that's the appropriate change and but it, and it looks right in close 3D so the difference is experience like now I know uh I or have a better understanding of when I make a pattern change if that's the appropriate change to make or not and also just looking in 3D like um, I've I've had the opportunity to work with some pattern makers in 3D like 
sit down with them and manipulate their pattern and they can see things. You should work with me one day. They can see things like that. There's a flat spot on that cup that I would have never noticed on my own. Um, And, uh, but then after like working through the pattern with them, I go, okay, yeah, I do see what you're saying. And like, um, so my point is that Chloe is definitely effective at pattern drafting and showing you where there's problems in your patterns, but you just have to know where to look for them. Interesting. Interesting. The, um, the, okay. So I'm only using browser basically for fitting. Like I'm not, I don't do the pretty stuff that you do. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I, I needed that to be kind of first and foremost. And I'm, I'm not quite there yet. And I think having that experience of what you're saying is having that professional eye be able to see things right away in on on the avatar. Uh, and then kind of knowing how that translates to the 3D, that, that's probably the piece I'm, I'm missing. Um, and it sounds like that just means I have to play with it a lot more. Yeah, it takes time. I think it does. I think uh, the, one of the biggest barriers to learning it is like, you just have to commit the time to it. Right. Yeah. And I'm so obsessed. Like I forget that like the amount of time that I've actually spent in the program is probably like, I'm always like, why isn't everybody using this? I'm like, oh yes, because like you're trying to build a business where you're doing like other things. So you're not just like sitting there and using all your time in this, you know, learning the program. The, uh, what you call, I did recently try to use um, the browser to design a stretch bralette. And I, I don't really work with stretch and I definitely haven't worked with much in, uh, you know, the, um, on a 3D platform either. And visually it looked like it fit well. And, and then, so I went ahead and made a sample physically. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah. figure it out because, you know, I did check like the tension map and I, I did check, you know, where, where things were too much. And I thought I had addressed all that, but it wasn't until I made it up um, physically that I saw certain elements uh, or things weren't stretching the right way or whatnot, or stretching too much in a certain way that, um, that I didn't see in the program, which I found was interesting. Um, I, I did, I think I mentioned this in our e- emails, but I did have, I did compare a 3D simulation of um, the bra, I'm, an underwired bra I made for a client and then took a photo of her wearing it and it had almost the exact same problem. And it is, I think it's very much yeah. of what you said of recognizing it. Because I recognize it now that I saw the problem on the yes. body and then I go back and I look at the, the 3D image that I had created, I'm like, it was right there. Why didn't I? Was there. Yeah. It? yeah, yeah. It's partly there's a few things you're like, do I trust 3D? Like, am I using the right fabric? Like, I, I think it helps when you're working with a block, like you've, you've had this block, you know how it works, you know how it fits, you know where the, the problems often creep up on people with different body shapes. Right. And you know, like that your 3D fabric that you're working with is, is like reasonably, replicating the fabric that you're working with in real life so like there's that comes with all of the experience as well yeah Uh, yeah but I was just it's definitely one of those moments like it was there (laughs) it was there yeah yeah exactly it's there Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly so yeah it's still early days with with 3d um but the potential for sure is there so um are you still drafting your patterns in poly patterns and using browseware just to 
just kind of to check. Right. Yeah. And I was I was told that from Lisha as well. It's like because I asked her specifically, like, do you actually draft in the three D program? Because I did try that. I think after I took your course with um for the for Clo, and I was like, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> okay. And she did say like, no, 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 do, do, draft another program and then just you know. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I mean, unless that's changed or I misheard her, but I, that was what I came away with. And so I did that. Hmm. And after the last experience of um, the the stretch bralette that I was working on, you know, when I made it on paper, I saw the problem right away, but it didn't, I didn't see it in 3D. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, not having that eye for the 3D yet, because I'm not using it quite as often as say you do, um, but it's, and it was stuff that I can see easily, like in the paper cup, but I didn't see in the 3D. Oh, interesting. You know? Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I So I, I kind of, I the reason why I left Browseware was because um, I'm just, Clothe 3D, I was just further into it. Yeah. I was just, it's way more intuitive. The two programs are very, very different, like in terms of the um, user interface. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't believe how different they are. Um, so it was just two different, they're almost like two different skills. So I was like, okay, I get it. I get browser. I know how to use it. I'll go back to Clothe. <laughs> I find Clothe to be easier to use, like on the 3D side of it. I find it to be a lot more um, just user friendly, the 3D side of it specifically. Um, but yeah, pattern drafting. Um, Actually, so I took the FIT um, Clothe 3D course last fall. Oh, okay. And it was very expensive. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I was like, I, I really just want to know, like, all the information that's out there. And um, the professor said that only a couple of years ago, she wouldn't have recommended using Clothe 3D for pattern drafting. But she said that now she thinks it's there. And I use it for pattern drafting now. And I don't have any issues with it. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. I mean, the... When I was before I switched to browse, where I did read up on Clo a little bit, and it it does seem like people are changing their tune for a lot of um, with capabilities because they're co like constantly kind of upgrading, they're constantly and improving and, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, I I can see that, but like I said, yeah. now I'm so ingrained in the um, browser, I'm like, I don't want to switch again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and you kind of have to pick. Like, it doesn't really. It's not like well, there are like there there are three D artists that are experts in all of them. There's another one called. Uh, what's assist is another one and there's another one called style 3d oh, right, which is one. basically yeah. clo 3d but um there's a bunch out there and you kind of just you do i i feel like you just kind of have to pick one and and go with it yeah um is is browser still free with the indie program it is yeah 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 so i mean that's that's a nice that's a nice option yeah for like independent users right, right. now uh, you know, however temporary it is, and I have no idea how long it's supposed to last, but. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly, because they don't I mean, tell you. Like, when I start getting the bills, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's using the you know, yeah. industry standard program, so I'm expecting it yeah. to be very expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, so you don't do grading in browsers either? No. You don't do your great. You do it in poly patterns. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I do everything in poly pattern and I poured it into browser, but I check the grading in 3D. Um, okay. And then I can edit the grading in 3D when then I translate that back to poly pattern. I mean, it's it's a lot of okay. back and forth, um, but it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I got Jennifer into um, into browseware, so we'll see because she's the rep yeah, yeah. for Poly Pattern, and she's like, "There yeah. is um, 
uh, a link or something within the two uh, within the two programs. So I'm like, oh, so I'll just ask her. <laughs> Interesting. I think I did see that. Yeah, I looked up poly patterns and I saw that they um, they're associated with not browseware, but what's the parent company of browseware? I can't remember it right now. Yeah, I can't remember right now. But but it's like uh, anyways. Yeah, but, there. But yeah, yeah, so maybe there are more. There yeah, there's. I'm wondering if there's like more kind of. Mm. Yeah, uh, a plugin. That's the word. <laughs> I shouldn't forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's some yeah, kind yeah. of plugins um, mm-hmm. that uh, that ties um, browseware to um, the um, poly pattern. And so since she's kind of getting in into it now, I'll let her play with, it and I'll just ask her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've talked to her about Clove three D before, um, and she's like, I don't have time. <laughs> She's like, I don't have time to learn a new, a new, a whole new software. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it though. I think we're over an hour now. Thank you so much for being here. Did you have anything else you wanted to add or say? Um, why don't you pitch your, your pattern? You're coming out with oh, a new right. pattern or a new size. Two, two patterns actually. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, the Lucid Mini, we're coming out with the A through D pattern this month, April, um, hopefully in the next couple of days or so. So that will be available next month. I'm coming out with a stretchy bralette pattern that is in conjunction with a uh, sewing magazine. So you will see Ooh. more of me next month. Um, but you'll, you'll see the official notes because I can't say anything quite just yet. <laughs> okay. Is that the one we've been working on? Can you yes. say the name of it? Uh, or right. you're not going to say uh, it yet? I think I'll say the name of it. So the name of my uh, new bralette pattern is called the Momiji. Uh, me basically means maple leaf <laughs> in Japanese. Oh, is that what it means? I thought it was like, I had to do with like a mom. Oh. <laughs> like when I read it. Momiji. Oh. I was like, oh, I love that name. No, it's, uh, yeah, it, Momiji. It's, I, I was laughing the other day because the way that the front is designed, there is basically a five seam intersection that essentially looks like a maple leaf. Uh, is that why you called it Momiji? Uh, uh, that was, that was more of a happy uh, coincidence. Because I, I have a list of names that I like for um, bra oh, patterns, okay. and I just kind of go through. I'm like, okay, what do I want to use? Like, what does this kind of evoke, the style, that sort of deal? Um, and then so we landed on that one. And then later I looked at my design. I'm like, huh, that this this little intersection right here looks like it, I, I could say applique a um, maple leaf in there. And then I realized, wait, wait, wait. There's another leaf that's green with five spokes that has a very, very different kind of <laughs> So it makes sense for that crowd too. Considering bralette, I'm like, hey, comfort, you know, um, you when you don't want to leave the house. <laughs> oh man, it was such a good conversation. I feel like there's so many more topics that it, we didn't get to even cover, and um, so I think we'll have to have another another part of this. Um, absolutely this podcast yeah we'll have you on again for sure great thank you so much for having me okay thanks so much for being here